It's a Mailbag Monday. We've got your questions on the debuts of pitcher Dre Jamison of the Diamondbacks and Matt Walner of the Twins. What minor league baseball stats are predictive of major league success? And individual player capsules about Harry Ford of the Mariners and Eric Torres of the Angels. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And as we get to the very end of the season here, we keep seeing guys get a chance to debut and make their starts. And had another one of those at the end of last week. Dre Jamison, pitcher for the Diamondbacks, and outfielder Matt Walner for the Twins both debuted over the weekend. So Jamison, uh, he went first. Thursday, September 15th versus the Padres. And uh, spoiler alert, it was a good start. Seven innings pitched, two hits, one walk, five strikeouts, no runs allowed. And it's funny because on September 5th, Ryan Nelson had debuted against the Padres and threw seven scoreless innings himself. Uh, They are the first teammates to throw seven scoreless innings in their debut in the same season since 2002 and in this case they did it against the same team but okay so Dre Jamison 2019 first rounder out of Ball State six foot 165 Uh, I really want to get an updated weight I don't think 165 still accurate from what I saw of him but uh, what I can say is the start went very very well Uh, to kind of give you an idea of, of, of his arsenal So, four-seam fastball throws it in the upper 90s. I'd call that a plus pitch. The slider is 70-grade. It's probably the best slider in the Diamondbacks system right now. He can get swing and miss with it. He can get guys to chase. It's good in both ways. He throws a two-seamer as well, can tunnel it really well off of the four-seamer. So, it looks kind of the same thing. Change-up is above average. Kind of looks like a splitter as far as the action that it has. Has an average curveball as well. And when you watch the start, what I like about what Dre Jamison did is he got ahead in the count quite a bit. So he'd like to open guys up first pitch strike, trying to get in there, trying to get uh, the at-bat started off correctly. When he did get behind, he'd use a slider to get a ground ball or soft contact, ended up getting 10 ground ball outs in the seven innings, Uh, gave up a double and a single were the two hits, and both of those, I believe, are the same guy. So, you know, to Brandon Drury. So, d- did well at uh, taking what the, the, the Padres gave him as far as openings and how to pitch. He had, a, he had one inning where he walked, he walked Josh Bell, and then Drury got a hit. And so, he, came, he turned around with two strikeouts to end the inning. Uh, but... Uh, Thoughts here that I noticed, four-seam fastball, a lot of it was down and in to righties, predominantly fastball. Second pitch was the, was the, um, the sinker, two, uh, threw it down and in as well, but threw it for strikes down and in versus the four-seamer where it was mostly inside and off the plate. Uh, threw nine change-ups, most of those were up and away to righties. Uh, backdoored some sliders, I think he threw about 15 of those and threw a single curveball down and away. 
Uh, I'm amazed that he was so successful despite not featuring the slider. The slider is his best pitch. Uh, backdoored it pretty well, like I said. Got some some strikeouts there. But kind of felt like it wouldn't have been third in the order or you know in the pitch mix. Uh, but again, he was focusing on using the, the, the sinker when he fell behind to get a ground ball or some soft contact to get out of the inning. Uh, it worked pretty well. If you're a Diamondbacks fan, you have to be excited about seeing Nelson and then Jamison come up back-to-back and do it. Because we've talked on this show now a couple times, both ourselves and with Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks. The position player futures for this team look fantastic. They've got guys coming up all across the diamond and plenty of options. The question was, what is the pitching going to do? When is the pitching going to be there? And Nelson and Jamison both came up, looked really good. And uh, this is something... Part of it, they were they were both throwing to Carson Kelly. I wonder if Carson Kelly, being the veteran, has a little bit there. Um, but either way, both these guys looked really good. And if these are the kind of outings you can expect from these rookie pitchers to finish the season and then to break spring training next year, I don't think you're going to have a top 10 pick again if you're the Diamondbacks. You're going to be picking higher than that. You're going to be competing, maybe not for the division, given where you play, but competing for the wild card. Uh, and legitimately making some noise uh, in Major League Baseball. The other debut that uh, I was interested in was Matt Walner of the Twins. He played in the doubleheader on Saturday the 17th versus Cleveland. Game one, one for three. First hit was a home run. Uh, Game two, he was 0 for six. Played in the outfield for both games. So uh, one for nine with a home run is his line after Saturday's debut. 2019 first-rounder supplemental out of Southern Miss, 6'5", 220, so it was a big boy. And if you look at what he did this year, 128 games between AA and AAA, 277, 412, 542, 27 home runs, 63 extra base hits. Matt Walner's that guy, we talk about it all the time, every system has a couple of these guys with uh, just absurd raw powered numbers. Matt Walner has fantastic power. And when you watch him, you can see that there's a little bit of a struggle there when it comes to contact ability. Had 170 strikeouts in those 128 games, but had 97 walks. So very good plate discipline. That's why that on base was in the 400s. And if a guy gets on base that often, you'll take a batting average that's in the, you know, that, that's in the mid twos. If he's hitting home runs, he's getting on base via walk, and he's he's walking, you know, not once a game, but one, you know, three out of every four games, he's walking and getting on base. The thing to watch defensively, I mean, he's average in the right in, in right field, speed's fine, plus arm out there, which is good. But uh, the things to watch for him is uh, he tends to chase a little more often, and he's really pull happy. So better pitching. And if you have some good secondary pitches, you can get him to chase. You can get him to hit something in a bad position because he's trying to pull it. So something to watch there. But I think he's going to be one of those three true outcomes kind of guys where you're going to see lots of walks, lots of strikeouts, lots of home runs. That's what Matt Walner is going to be. And it's funny because we actually had a question about uh, which of these minor league stats are very predictive of major league success. And so I went and found a study uh, and I'm excited to bring you about that. But first, 
Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. You can get all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info at the number one site uh, for, for betting and online sports. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting, esports, uh, MLB, MMA, boxing, golf. It's not just pro and college football. It's what everybody always thinks of at this time of year. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, so this was a, this was a very good question. We, we were asked about minor league stats. This was, um, this was Jay Fly on YouTube. Uh, which common minor league baseball stats are predictive to the major league level? So I went in and... Did some research. It turns out during during the pandemic in 2020, when there was no baseball in May and there was no minor league season, some folks actually studied this. So John Anderson, uh, as a data scientist and a, ba- and a baseball fan, back in May published a, a study where he plugged in a bunch of stuff to figure this out. And I'll link the actual study in the show notes if you want to see it. But... He was trying to figure out the individual player level, which minor league stats are the most predictive. So he pulled 10 years of minor league baseball hitting stats, 2010 through 2019, and then five years of MLB stats, 2015 through 19. So maybe six years, I guess. And was finding guys that were in both samples. And if you were in the big league sample, you had to have at least 200 major league baseball at bats to be in the the major league sample. And so up front, the first thought process is, okay, they had to be decent prospects because if they weren't good prospects, they wouldn't get at least 200 at-bats. And so there's probably a, lim- a limiting factor here about the type of prospect that gets 200 at-bats at the big league level to try to make it work. But uh, he had a couple um, findings when it came to the data set and then actually the stats that worked. So the two findings for the data set is overall minor league baseball statistics, their entire minor league career, that was more predictive than just stats from an individual level, which makes sense because your sample size is larger. So any sort of uh, small sample size you know, noise has time to work out when you have that larger data set. But if you're looking at just an individual level's stats, the higher the level, the better. So AAA is more predictive than AA. AA is more predictive than A-ball. And that would make sense based on the average skill level of the player around you and the specifically the quality of the pitching when you get to those higher levels. But, so he did this, uh, and you can check out the whole piece, the code and everything out there on his website. Again, I'll link it in the show notes. But the there was... Seven things that he looked at. Strikeout rate, walk rate, batting average, on-base percentage, um, uh, slugging percentage, plate appearances per home run, so home run rate, and stolen base attempt rate. And of these, three of them are very predictive, two of them are kind of predictive, and two of them are not at all. So the three that are very predictive, and if you'll remember back from stats, um, a correlation coefficient of one is they are perfectly aligned and it explains all of it. A correlation coefficient of zero means that these two stats have absolutely nothing to do with each other. So that kind of gives you an idea of what we're looking for here. Stolen base attempts. 
is the most predictive from the minor leagues to the major leagues, which makes sense. If a guy has enough speed to steal in the minors, he's going to try to steal in the big leagues as well. Uh, 0.81 is the correlation coefficient on that. So, you know, very, very predictive. But I think that's kind of tied to the fact that some of your slugging power guys that don't try to steal a lot in the minors don't steal a lot in the majors. So not as useful as what we wanted. Uh, Number two and three, I'm going to tie these together because they're very close, is strikeout rate and walk rate. So strikeout rate was 0.77 was the correlation coefficient. Walk rate was 0.72. So if a guy strikes out a lot at the minor league level, he's more than likely going to strike out a lot at the big league level. If a guy walks a lot at the minor league level, he's more than likely going to walk a lot at the big league level. And if you think about it, these are both essentially individual things, right? This isn't like slugging percent, or right. this is something where this is entirely to you. This is your, your ability to, to discern what a pitch is coming in and decide whether or not to swing. It makes sense that that's going to be kind of predictive and that's going to kind of stick with each other. Uh, The next two are somewhat predictive, but not to the same level. Home run rate, 0.59 correlation coefficient. So that doesn't automatically mean that a dude who wins the uh, minor league home run championship is going to be a power hitter in in MLB, but... It, it, there is some correlation. Guys who hit a lot of home runs in the minors will probably hit more home runs in the majors than a guy who doesn't let a, hit a lot of home runs in the minors. Uh, number five is on base percentage, 0.53. I think part of that is walk rate is so predictive that it pulls on base percentage along. Um, on base percentage obviously is not just you walking, it's how you get on in general. So it's, uh, it's, it's walks, it's hits, it's all of that. Um, and so the reason that that's at 0.53 and not higher is because batting average pulls it down. Batting average is one of those two stats at the minor league level is not very predictive at all. 0.42 is the correlation coefficient. So not just like not completely non-predictive, but there's just, there's enough randomness in there where there's no point trying to predict minor league stats or major league stats based off of minor league numbers. Uh, so batting average 0.42, slugging percentage even worse, 0.37. Part of me wonders how well, if you were to put in some sort of adjustment for park factors into this, if you could work that out. We've talked about that before. There's major league ball or minor league ballparks that are very pitcher friendly or very hitter friendly. Uh, Mississippi, Trustmark Park, home of the Braves in AA Mississippi is one of those that is very, very skewed towards towards pitchers as far as the dimensions, the size, all of that stuff. So there's, I imagine that there is some work you could do to that. And if you are good with coding and stuff like that, and you want to take this, uh, take this on, if you want to reach out to me, I can get information for you on the park coefficients and things like that. If we can find a way to try to apply some of that and see if it helps any or not. But a uh, couple takeaways here you have, obviously. One, Uh, the bigger the sample size, the better, right? The guys who spend more time in the minors, the better these predictions are. Uh, Number two, plate discipline is very sticky. Strikeout rate, walk rate were very similar in the pros to the minors. That's one of those things where it's not reasonable to project 
significant changes to a or, or significant improvements to a guy's strikeout rate or walk rate at the big league level. Uh, the co- the correlation here for football fans, because we I am recording this on a football Sunday, the correlation here for football fans is a quarterback's accuracy. For the most part, quarterbacks don't make significant jumps in accuracy between college and the NFL. There's a couple exceptions. Josh Allen's a notable exception who significantly improved his completion percentage in the NFL. But for the most part, guys don't necessarily change who they are as far as accuracy of a passer between college and the pros. Same way in baseball, guys don't appreciably change how much they walk or strike out between college and the pros. You're going to find individual situations, but a high strikeout guy will almost always be a high strikeout guy. A low walk guy will almost always be a low walk guy. Uh, There is a, a, a separate study that I found um, from a fellow, Alex, Alex De Silva, written in late 2021, that was trying to, he approached it a little differently. He, cal- he took minor league stats from AAA and turned around and built a formula to predict weighted on base average at the big league level. And I think he did this for fantasy baseball reasons, but either way, uh, trying to figure that out. The top five guys in that algorithm, top, top five prospects going into 2021. So coming off of, uh, I'm sorry, top five prospects after 2021. So going into 2022, uh, he had Bobby Witt Jr., Adley Rutschman, Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green of the Tigers, and then Brennan Davis of the Cubs. And if you think about the top uh, prospect lists at the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, Rutschman, Bobby Witt, Torkelson, Green were all top five prospects. I need to go back and look to see if we were sleeping on Brandon Davis a little bit. But either way, really interesting. Um, Strikeout rate, walk rate, stolen base attempts, very predictive. Batting average, slugging, not so much. In just a minute, we've got some questions about do the Mariners keep Harry Ford at catcher and what does that look like, as well as the closer for the Angels affiliate, the AA Trash Pandas, Eric Torres, right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So, two questions here um, coming, from, you know, coming from listeners. First one is from Hanyo in our Discord. Uh, wants to know about Harry Ford of the Mariners. Does he get moved to the middle infield? Does he play both? Does he stick at catcher? So, quick reminder about Harry Ford. 2021 first rounder out of high school, 5'10", 200. He went to high school in the North Cobb up in Atlanta. So baseball hotbed, lots of guys come out of there. And this year, 104 games in low A, 274, 425, 438. 11 home runs, 38 extra base hits, 23 of 28 on stolen bases. So 97 walks to 129 strikeouts in 123 games. When you look at his entire minor league career, he had 19 games last year and then obviously 104 this year. This year, 115 strikeouts and 104 games, 88 walks and 104 games. That's why the on-base is so high. We know that strikeout rate and walk rate are very predictive. So the offensive outlook here, very patient hitter, likes to go the opposite way, uh, decent power. I mean, you see us lugging in the low fours, but something where... Um, you know, plenty of ex- 38 extra base hits. So the speed as well as the bat to put a ball out there, get some extra bases. Uh, he is a plus runner. He's not a plus runner for a catcher. He is a plus plus runner in general. 
So exceptional athlete for a catcher, not something you see a lot. And that's that's kind of what um, Anya was referring to when he talked about he's played some middle infield. Do they keep him there? Do they uh, move him around? Does he play both? What happens here? And it's a situation where, one, it's very early. So I think you have plenty of time maybe to figure out exactly what's going to happen in this system as far as by the time he comes up. But in the meantime, play him at play him all over. There's not a top 30 catching prospect in this system other than Harry Ford. And he's number three, I think, or so. So he's more valuable at catcher than he's going to be at, say, second or a corner infield. And so use him as much as you can at catcher until he gives you a reason to take him off. Uh, He can clean up his blocking a little bit, something to work on. I think we'll probably be in the automated balls and strikes era by the time he gets up. So you're not as concerned with the framing. Although there are rumblings, and we're still working on this, there are rumblings that MLB will decide on the challenge system versus the completely automated balls and strikes, where a, a, an umpire will still call balls and strikes, and the pitcher, the catcher, or the hitter will be able to challenge a call, and the ABS will give you the correct call during the game. So there's conversation we may go to that instead of a true automated balls and strikes, and if that's the case, he still has to work on that. But I think they've said they're going to keep him They're going to use him when Daisy's not catching. They're going to use him in the field still. They're going to DH him. But they want to keep developing him as a catcher. I think that's the right thing to do from a value standpoint when it comes to a prospect. You want him to be able to, one, stick at a premium position. And then in his off time, if he can learn something else, um, one, that makes him more valuable in case of injury. And then two, that gives you a shorter runway if you decide at a higher level he can't stick at catcher. He already has 30 games or 50 games experience at second or at first or at third or wherever you choose to use him. So continue to play him at catcher, but understand that if you have to move him, you have the ability to do it. The other guy, uh, and this was a question um, from Tyler via email, was Eric Torres of the Angels. Uh, six foot 195 was a 14th rounder in 2021. Uh, by the Angels, number uh, pick number 411, went to college in K- at Kansas State, and said, you know, he's tied for the organizational save record in AA, but I haven't heard just about anything about him. And that's something where he's got 22 saves for Rocket City in 42 games. And it's something where, when you look at him, the he's he's one of those guys that he's greater than the sum of his parts. I think he'll be ranked in the top 30s to start next year. Uh, I actually believe him. Maybe Pipeline may have him towards the very back. Uh, and he's just a, a situation where you don't always look at pure relievers as being top prospects. Usually if a guy's ranked as a reliever, it's because he was a starter, he got moved into relief, and they haven't re-ranked him yet. But I can see putting him in the back half of that, of that top 30. So uh, the thing here is doesn't have overwhelming stuff. But he has unique stuff, and the way he does it is unique. So the fastball sits low to mid-90s, 93, 95 or so in the, in the film that I got. Um, he gets plenty of swing and miss from it, and part of the reason is the arm slot. So he's a lefty, and he has a low, low slot that's almost a sidearm. 
And so the fastball movement is different from what you would expect from a lefty with the velo being pretty good velocity for a lefty. 95 mile an hour fastball for a lefty is pretty good velocity. And then to go along with that, I think the slider is above average. It sits low to mid 80s. And again, the movement profile of that from a sidearm slot, I'm just going to call him, he's not quite sidearm, but essentially sidearm. The movement profile of that on a sidearm slot is different from what a lot of hitters are used to seeing. And so the slider plays up. He gets decent extension off of it, despite only being six foot tall. And then the change up, the change is, I'd call it average right now. Uh, it's been getting better throughout the course of the year. I saw a couple of them that looked like they could flash above average, but I think it's useful. One is a change of pace. The arm speed does match pretty well most of the time on it. Um, but it's good to keep guys off the fastball slider combo as well as give you something you can throw to both hands as far as a lefty versus a righty and things like that. So uh, unique stuff, unique delivery to it, I think is why he's successful. And he's one of those guys that on paper, it doesn't make a lot of sense why he's as successful as he is. But when he goes out there, command's not like elite or anything, but it's good enough. He's around the strike zone. He's throwing strikes. When you look at his numbers this year, 51 innings pitched over 42 games, 159 ERA, 81 strikeouts to 23 walks. You can see the command isn't, you know, lights out, but it's good enough. Um, but the, the, it just has a unique profile. The ball has a unique profile out of his hand. Only gave up three home runs all year, whip of under one. It's just something a lot of prospects aren't used to seeing it. They're not used to seeing it from that angle and with that movement, and it's successful. Uh, I think he'll be ranked on the top 30 next year. I think he'll probably move to AAA, and you could see him debut sometime next year for the Angels, depending on how well that stuff holds when it goes up a level. Great week this week. If you've made it this far in the show, do us a favor. Go ahead and um, subscribe to the video or subscribe to the channel. Let us help us out a ton as far as discovering things like that go. If you're on audio, do us a favor and leave us a review. Uh, It really does go a long way to helping folks find the show as well as letting us know what to change and improve on. Um, Great week this week. So until we talk next time, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. (laughs) 